welcome into this week's edition of the College Basketball Anta After Party. I'm Nicholas Odell. Dominic Stern is alongside me. The third member of our team, Don Contini, as the recording is out in Cleveland covering the NBA All-Star Game. And we have a few different teams we're going to discuss in this after party who will have some very interesting scenarios and some work to do over the fast few weeks of the regular season. Some are in much more peril than others and have a lot more work to do than others. But we're going to start off with North Carolina at the top here. It's a team that's in a very interesting position. I mean, the home loss to Pittsburgh this past Wednesday did them absolutely zero favors. No, but then they turn around and they pick up their first quad one win of the year. Michigan is also a, yeah, a like quad they, one win they now, They came one by proxy of them moving into the top 30 in net. We'll see if it still is one uh, when we wake up on Monday morning in the net. Ranking adjusts to and then, and then two And then this morning, too, on Tuesday. Yeah, that too. Because, of course, uh, North Carolina played Louisville last night when you're hearing this. Uh, I mean, we're going to assume that they win that game, which is not a safe assumption. But, uh, I mean, we're, we're going to have this conversation based on the fact that if they win that game. Because if they lose that game, it's another horrible loss. Quad three. Quad three loss on their resume, a resume that... Can't really take any more hits, although all of their hits prior to the Pittsburgh loss had been in that quad one window. I, I mean, they, they they did themselves some favor with that Michigan win, and then the win at Virginia Tech was a fantastic win. Uh, they limited a team that has killed teams, especially of late, with threes, and they held them to their worst three-point shooting game of the season. Now, how much of that was luck, we don't really know. Uh, there was certainly... Uh, a lot of speculation. I mean, North Carolina, 249th in three-point defense this year. And uh, Virginia Tech has been number four in three-point offense this year. They were number one going into this game. So uh, credit to them for stepping up when they needed to because if they didn't pick up this win, I mean, they could have been staring down uh, a really bad loss. Yeah, and you're absolutely right in that regard. A uh, team that for the longest time our talking point was a team of no quad one wins, but have won everywhere else. Well, the situation now is they've lost somewhere else, and it's quad four, and that is not what you wanted, but they also picked up that quad one win. The second one by proxy is still very much up in the air where that one lands, uh, but as of Saturday, going into Saturday, they were a team that was just out in the bracket matrix, still in a very good number of brackets, uh, so they're very much alive in the hunt to get into the NCAA tournament. But this North Carolina team has plenty of work to do. Uh, the Louisville game will be done by the time this airs. Syracuse at home is also quad three. NC's on the road for now is in quad two. And obviously Duke on the road will be quad one for a long, long time and years to come. Um, assuming that Duke doesn't completely fall off the cliff when Coach K leaves. Mm -hmm. So if this North Carolina team and what it has to do, I mean, a couple of quad threes are on the board, a quad twos on the board, and then that quad one game is also on the board. North Carolina, yes, has some work to do, but yes, they're going to be a 20-win team, and they are going to be in a very interesting spot at, at this point. What, where's the point for North Carolina to you to where if they do this, this, and this, they hardly have to worry going into the, into the NCAA tournament? Where's that point for you? I mean, they probably need to go 3-1. and one. And that loss needs to come to Duke. I think that's what it needs to be. I, I don't know what would help them out more. Say they lose to either Syracuse or Louisville, but then beat Duke. Because then you pick up a quad one win that's going to stay a quad one win. Right. Or, I mean, if you lose that game and you win the other three games, which is basically what they've done all year. 
Yeah, for Virginia Tech is in the net, it is also safe to say that that will remain a quad yes, one win as 100%. well. And so you would have, if you beat Duke, for sure two quad one wins, for sure. Uh, it'll be a tough task going into a stadium where people have paid thousands and thousands of dollars to get into for Coach K's final game in Cameron Indoor. That'll be a very tough environment. Uh, but if you, can, if you can get that, which would be in the ultimate impressive win in my book, you would be in a situation now to where you would be in a spot to where you would have that quad one win for sure on your book. And that would be very, very good for this team. They are good. They are right in the thick of it for the ACC title race and for that double bye, which will also be in, in a very interesting spot. Um, so it, it's an outside shot for them to win the ACC regular season title. Uh, but as far as getting that, that double bye, that's your next piece of business, and you have a lot of work to do for that. Yeah, they're currently the number three seed uh, at 11-5. and five. That is, of course, tied with Miami, who is also 11-5 and five in conference. This is, of course, on Sunday. Uh, right. And they will play Louisville on Monday, which, of course, that result will have already happened by the time you're listening to this. So, I mean, basically, I mean, if they go 3-1, they're going to be that, they're going to be that, they're going to get the double bye, and I think that'll help them out. But they're also one of those other teams that, hey, if you somehow don't get the double bye, obviously it would hurt your resume, but you're going to pick up another chance of getting another win. Yeah. Especially if you're, say, the five seed. We've already talked about it. Being the five seed might not be the best case because you're getting an either quad three or quad four victory. Yeah, and it's it's a lot of risk for yeah. not a lot of reward other than, oh, another win. You know, but say they do go 3-1 and one to end the season. All of a sudden, they're 14-6, and six, but Miami and Wake Forest somehow pass them. That, that would be an unfortunate situation. Very unfortunate, because that would be the case of a team doing basically what it needs to do and still not doing enough. Like, that would be unfortunate for this North Carolina team. Obviously, it's a situation they would need to rebound from and find a way to pick up some wins in the ACC tournament. But at that point that we discussed, it may, unless they fall in a bad loss in the ACC tournament, it might not matter as much because as long as they pick up the wins, some of these bubble teams are bound to fall. Yeah, I mean, that's the way that the bubble works. So you got to do what you can do. Losing at Duke is not going to hurt your resume by any stretch of the imagination. So win those three games, Louisville, Syracuse, and then, of course, at Miami, and, and I mean, I think you're 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 feeling pretty good if you're North Carolina. Yeah, and, and that, that's what it's really about, you know, trying to go into the, the ACC tournament with as less stress as possible. About if we lose, we're gonna get in or not. And the advice for here would be to win the next three games. Obviously, the Louisville game would have already happened by the time you're listening to this, but that NC State game, that Syracuse game, become must wins in my book for for them. Yeah, they they gotta win these next three. Yeah, and I think that's the important thing for them is that. In the bracket matrix, as of this past Saturday, they are the second team out, but they are in a lot of brackets, so they are right in that conversation, right with teams like a Creighton, like a, like a BYU, like a San Diego State, hey. like a Rutgers. <laughs> I mean, they, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they are very much right in that conversation, and quite frankly, it's still extremely muddied, and so there is a lot of work to do. Yeah, it's funny, because a couple of weeks ago, everyone was sitting here saying, oh, the bubble's weak, the bubble's weak, the bubble's weak. A lot of teams 
that were outside have played themselves onto the bubble, and yeah. it's not so weak now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you look at the, those teams that have played their way in and give North Carolina more competition in those for those spots. Memphis has certainly done so. SMU. Mi- yeah, Michigan's certainly done yeah. that. I mean, r- I mean, what Rutgers has done as of late has been solid, getting the wins they yeah. needed to. I mean, this supposedly weak bubble is not very weak anymore. Now you have a lot of competition for these spots, mm-hmm. and. For teams like for North Carolina, it's a Saturday in Oklahoma, kind of bumped them off a little bit in the, in the matrix. So it just really adds to the paramount of just how important these next three are. The Louisville game, which have already happened, like we've said before. The home game against Syracuse is a quad three. North Carolina State, quad two on the road. I mean, there's a lot of importance to those games, and losing those is not in the interest of the Tar Heels at all. No, it's not. I mean, it's out there in front of them. Yeah, I mean... I think this is a team that still can, like, a lot of these bubble teams control their destiny and they just really need to win and put us up in as good a position as possible. I don't think any of, for any of the teams we talk about today, I don't think that's any more truer uh, than North Carolina. I mean, we'll talk about Loyal Chicago next, who is in a much safer position, supposedly, uh, at least as of, as of Saturday. But, I mean, this North Carolina team takes care of business, I think they'll be in. Like, I really do think they'll be fine. I do too. And, and I think that's the, the main subject matter for North Carolina. Let's move on to Leo Chicago, who not only has found themselves into a situation where they need a win and to stay in the bracket, but the, that Missouri Valley Conference regular season championship is on the line. And, oh, boy, has it become a big race for Leo Chicago. Uh, and we'll just uh, first off discuss strictly off Leo Chicago uh, pick up a loss. I believe it was to Drake. Mm-hmm. Um, not a situation you wanted to uh, fall to. This is a team that, uh, as, as we speak here on a Sunday night, delivering this content to you on a Tuesday morning, is 2-2 two and two in quad 1, 2-3 and three in quad 2. They got the one loss in quad 3. And they are 37th in net with that effect of the loss really coming into play. And as of Saturday, before the loss, against Drake, a team that was on the third nine seed. They will surely go down after that loss. And it puts them in a scenario where they are making stuff very interesting upon themselves, and it doesn't need to be that way for this team. No, they're they're one of the most efficient teams in the country. Uh, they, they played a really slow pace. That's what they've done. Uh, they make you earn your baskets against them. 30th in adjusted offense, 64th in adjusted defense. However, they've been spotty in uh in the Missouri Valley Conference play. After starting five and zero, uh, they have not gone on a winning streak larger than two games. So yeah, it's like <clears throat> it's like they lose a game, they win a couple, they lose a game, they win a couple, they lose a game, they win a couple, and then this loss on Saturday. Right, and I mean you look at it, it's hard to consider themselves like a, a strong case to be a tournament team. You want to put teams in the NCAA tournament who you think can beat tournament teams consecutively and have a shot. I mean putting these teams. In the NCAA tournament, you're rewarding teams and giving themselves a chance at winning the NCAA championship. And with the way that things have worked out for them ever since they beat Vanderbilt, then San Francisco, which had a month-long gap, and then Bradley, they they haven't had any impressive wins back-to-back. So uh, they, they need to work themselves out. Uh, their first two games, of course, once again, another team that has a game on Monday, so after we're recording this, but before you are listening to it. And 
they need to win at Illinois State. It, it's a road game set it of course. It is quad for number three. Quad three. That's going to help them. And then a quad four game uh, at home against Evansville. They're not going to lose that. If they do, they're... If they do, they're... I, would it be safe to say they're done? No. I mean, they're not done, but that would put them on the bubble, and they would probably have to make it to the Missouri Valley Conference Championship, and that includes beating Northern Iowa on the road, who, of course, has taken over first place in the MVC standings. Yeah, and then, man, it's, it's almost a bit of a shocker to me that we've come to this situation to where we're having to say that Chicago is battling for the Missouri Valley Conference Championship. Uh, but that's exactly what we've come to with this with this team. Um, after, a, after a storm that had a lot of people buzzing about this team and really had this team on the right track, I mean, they did take a couple of losses in, in, in the battle for Atlanta, which were like two tournament teams. Like you mentioned, you know, that proof of can you win multiple games in a row against tournament teams, that's kind of out the door when you look at that. I look at their win on a neutral four against San Francisco. Yeah. That is, I cannot tell you how much I think that win is helping them right now. Like, right. It's not necessarily a, 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 a life you in the ocean, but it's such a viable win for this team. That's their only win over a tournament team at the moment. And, I mean, San Francisco, they're, they're safe. But if they falter in this final week, I mean, they could if be... If they falter, they're in trouble is what they are. Right, exactly. So, not not for sure. Obviously, Northern Iowa, that went over them uh, last week on Super Bowl Sunday, is going to hold up strong. But they, they just don't have that many impressive wins. Obviously, the one against San Francisco is. Uh, at Missouri State is a quad one win. Uh, it's got to hold on, of course. But... Missouri yeah, State at 59. Yeah, that's going to hold on. Is likely going to. Once again, I mean, if you collapse in, uh, in Missouri Valley Conference play, just looking at Missouri State's schedule to end the season, quad three and then quad four. So Yeah, yeah that would be a big hit. You never know. Yeah. But uh, Loyola Chicago's in a good spot. They need to win these next two games. And then uh, if you win at Northern Iowa, you win the conference. That, of course, helps a lot. And I think they're in safely. And then... Maybe a little bit of work to do at Arch Madness. You know, handle yourself as that top seed. Yeah, and like we mentioned, it's a quad four, a quad three, and a quad two left on the schedule. That quad two is of the utmost importance. That might be a game that is for the Missouri Valley Conference regular season championship, in addition to the turn mistakes that Little Chicago has. No, I mean, it, it absolutely will be. Uh, that's what it's going to come down to, because Northern Iowa is in first place. Yeah. So unless if I, Northern Iowa loses both their games which won't happen because they only have two more games. So uh-huh. uh, it's going to be for the MVC title. Yeah, and of course, we'll be following that on Twitter at College Finance. If you don't already follow us there, please do. We'll be tracking all of these regular season title hunts over the course of the next couple of weeks. But yeah, this it's it's a situation that I just don't think Little Chicago needed to get themselves into. They're a quality team that's lost some games to the MVC, and they've kind of made their own bet a little bit to where... This is a team that was really, really safe. They were going to be for sure in, but they've made things interesting amongst themselves to where we can't say that at the moment. First-year head coach. so But they kind of do have that UConn build. They don't have the Shabazz, Napier, and the Boatwright, but they have that build. First-year head coach, had a promising start in a mid-major. Obviously, UConn is in the Big East, so it's a little different. But And then they, they kind of falter. But if they can get it going in the final two weeks, heading into March Madness, I mean, we know they can make a run. We've seen them go to the Final Four. We saw them beat Illinois, who was the third most popular pick to win the NCAA title last year in the second round. So they're capable. Uh, they have to do their due diligence over the next two and a half weeks 
to get to that spot, right. give themselves a chance. Yeah, and that just becomes the utmost importance for this team. It's just, like you mentioned, take care of business and you'll be fine. I think that's been proven that over the last few weeks, like when they lose, they typically haven't taken a massive hit within the Matrix. And I think that's the message here for Leo Chicago is that take care of business, you'll be okay. Now, that being said, um, let's do a little what-if game here with this team. If they win all three of their games that are coming up in the regular season schedule, how much work do they need to do in the conference tournament? If they win all three? Yes. I think they're good. No no work necessary to get in. No, I mean, if you lose that first game to whoever you play, and it could be like a quad four loss, yeah, then maybe. Yeah, it, it, it probably will be. But, I mean, they're, they're, they're looking at win our next four games, which they haven't done yet since the yeah. start of Missouri Valley Conference yeah. play. So, uh, it's going to be tough. Looking at Lenardi's bracket, he's got him as a 10 seed. Uh, they would be playing Texas Tech. Which is that be, updated? Uh, yeah. So that, is, so that is as of Sunday night. Let's see. Updated to, ooh, no, it's not. No, that is okay. Saturday morning. Interesting. Huh. So that, that so that, that's the additional wrinkle that we're talking about here is how far is Leo Chicago going to fall? And it doesn't appear as if it's to the utmost situation of the bubble quite yet. No, I'm just looking at the like graphics that Lenardi posts. Uh, he's got him as the last four in. Oh, so that so that's the updated situation. Yes. That is how dire this situation has become for Loyola Chicago because we're gonna get a lot of that within the matrix. And when it updates next, I fully suspect Loyola Chicago will be down close to that ten and eleven situation. Yeah, like you mentioned, they're that second number nine, so they're definitely gonna be. Double digit at this point. Absolutely. It's whether or not they're a 10 or an 11. Yeah, and I could see them falling to the 11 with that information. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know, I mean, Lenardi's obviously the most prominent one, but you got to consider all these bracketologies that will come out in the next few days to get the full picture of Loyola Chicago. And uh, just to go back, because we talked about North Carolina, he's got North Carolina as the top last four five. Okay. So currently a 10 seed, according to Lenardi, actually. So. Back to so back to our so our saying here, that what if situation we played earlier? Does that piece of news change your mind on if they win their next three games, they'll be fine? No, or it changes my mind. Like I I, I think they gotta win their next three. Or if you lose to uh, <clears throat> if you lose to Northern Iowa, then you gotta win probably your first two, or make it to the championship. Right. And I think that's probably the realistic thing for Larry Chicago is to make it to the MVC right, championship. Because this is what we have. They're not going to move the needle a bunch with those wins over Evansville and then Southern Illinois. Or Illinois, Illinois State, State, excuse me. Uh, very easy to uh, Absolutely. confuse myself with those Especially teams. when they're right next to my paper of their comparison with the Missouri Valley Conference. Right. So the, those wins aren't going to move the needle. Now a loss to a loss at Northern Iowa is a quad two loss. It's not going to drop you that significantly. But... There's going to be bid stealers more than likely, so you're going to want to just keep moving the needle forward, uh, try and get in those buys. Because, uh, I mean, they, they do play a week before. They're going to watch the bid stealers. Right. and that's They, they got, don't have a choice. Unless, unless, of course, they win the Missouri Valley Conference. Yeah, and, that is, of course, the best-case scenario because they're more than capable of doing that. Absolutely. They could lose their next three games and then still turn around and win the Missouri Valley Conference. Right. right? And they, they don't have that luxury that Northern Carolina does. Yeah, and so so we get to the point now to where it would be, I believe, 24-7. and seven. Should the Louisiana Chicago get to the conference tournament and lose, if I'm doing that math correctly? Yeah. Yeah, it would be, be the five games and that one loss. 24-7 and seven, Louisiana Chicago, would you put them in? 
Yes, and I'm going to go back and look. In 2018, when they made the NCAA tournament, they were 28-5 and five when they made it as an 11 seed. So... Of course, they, they did win the Missouri Valley Conference, so it's a different story. Right. But that that's what we're looking at here. They were 45th in Ken Palm when they won that. Uh, or Sorry, they were 41st in Ken Palm. Obviously, that's a little bit different because we're not looking at Ken Palm. This year... They're, of course, 35, so Ken Palm thinks they're a little bit better than metrics do. So, I mean, they're they're going to be projected to win this tournament, but it's whether or not they can actually do that because, like I mentioned, they have not won more than two straight games since January 18th when they beat Bradley, Valpo, Indiana State, and then Evansville. And that's all within conference. That's not even including the San Francisco win yeah. within that stretch or Vanderbilt. Or the and then one, yeah. looking at what Lenardi had, he had San Francisco also as a last four in. So... That the the sentiment that they have that tournament win is not quite true. Yeah, that's gonna be so fascinating. Especially because I, you know, assuming San Francisco probably not going to win the Western Conference uh, tournament. The West Coast Conference. The tournament. West Coast Conference. Yeah, I mean, they'll have the opportunity it's, against Gonzaga, but that's gonna be tough for them. Let's let's close out our after party with talking about Conference USA. Now, of course. This is by means a pure long shot. Let's get that out of the way right now. But the North Texas win over UAB this past Saturday has put North Texas more into the spotlight instead of UAB. UAB at 18 and 7. I mean, net maybe like in the top 50, but that's not going to do them any good at this point. So North Texas is a team that started out this year it's like eight, uh, eight and four, and they've only gone and last won their last 12. I mean, they started the year two and three. And they played some, and they played a couple of quality teams within that span. And all they've done since then, except for one game against UAB, was a win. I mean, this is a North Texas team that has really cut their teeth out. Uh, they've become a twenty-win team. Obviously, the um, metrics here on BracketTotters.com doesn't include the non-D1 wins as part of that record. Uh, so, for resume purposes, eighteen and four, you include those two games that they, that they played against non-D1 opposition to twenty and four. Is a North Texas team that is really doing anything they can to win. I would say it adds more and more pressure upon you at this time of the year, but you do have to give a lot of credit to what North Texas has done. Right, and I mean, they're staring down the possibility of, say they went out, three of their four losses could be to tournament teams. That is, of course, if Buffalo wins the MAC, which they are more than capable of doing. The MAC has been a lot of fun, by the way, uh, just for you listeners back at home. Uh, Kansas... Where they lost by 12, that's not a bad loss, obviously, at all. Kansas, a one seed, according, right, uh, right now, a one seed, according to the selection committee. And then, neutral site against Miami by six points. Miami, currently a bubble team. Yeah, they were at the second 10 seed in the Matrix going into Saturday. Yeah, they're on the safe side of the bubble, like, significantly safe. So, uh, you're looking at it. North Texas has got a fantastic resume. Uh it, they they got to handle themselves coming down the stretch. Yeah. Uh, Louisiana Tech at home, that's not an easy win. Uh, they're one of the better teams. In, but, and, but it's a quad three game. Right. And then at UTEP. Quad three game. And at UTEP, quad three is kind of tough because they're, they're a solid team, at least according to Ken Palm. What's their net? Yeah. I And, and if, if I'm not mistaken, that is uh, that might be on the border. What's UTEP's net? 157. Yeah. So, so if UTEP does a lot of good things down the stretch, that could change. A win over North Texas. Yeah, but I mean, it's not very likely that I'll get out of there. Well, I mean, if North Texas wins 
over UTEP, they might move up into that quad two win because that'll be a quad one win for UTEP. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that's what we're looking at here. Yeah, but obviously... Now, those two games are going to be tough for them. If they win these next four games, I, I think that they just have to handle their business early in the Conference USA tournament, and I think they're an at-large team. So, that's, so, so that would be a situation where North Texas, they went out. Um, let's just assume that everything stays as it is in the quadrants. I would say that UTSA and Southern Miss are going to stay there. Those are two of the worst teams in all of college basketball. Um, not as bad as some of those like IUPUI and others, but... I mean, looking at the net, 329 for UTSA, 341 for Southern Miss. It's just two awful teams within that regard. Yeah. Um, and then assuming the two games stay in quad three that we discussed, that's 24-4, uh, obviously including those two games against non-V1 opponents. And you still only have two games in quad one, one of them being wins. Uh, of course, assuming nothing fluctuates. This is still a five and two team in quad two, which is really helping them in yeah. that regard. That really helps. Um, the one loss in quad three, which if you're in North Texas, that's very damaging um, at, at this particular point. And they and the game actually did move from uh, according to what I'm seeing right now off Dominic Stern's computer. A game did move at, or did that? Maybe not. I was looking at something else. But regardless. Four and one in quad three, eight and zero in quad four. Um, it could fluctuate a little bit, but for regard, but the, really the big thing there is that the one loss in quad three, no marks against them in quad four, which is the that's the main thing. Yeah, you, know, you, you could shift the wins between the two quads in any direction, but the the main thing is, it's just the one quad three lost. That's the main thing from North Texas. The what if scenario here, the winning out, twenty four and four, um, and. And then what else do they need to do? Well, then you probably need to not... You need to avoid the quad three or quad four loss that's going to be staring you down in your first round match uh, against in, in the Conference USA tournament. So 25 and four if that happens. And then if you lose the next one, you're 25 and five. Right. And, and with a strong resume, uh, you know, I, I think they'd be good. I do. They're currently 45th in the net. Or, 38th. Sorry, 38th. 38th in the net. Which is a big improvement for them over the course of the season when this season when they started doing the net. So, so I think you're still operating off the... February 18th. Yeah. Uh, update uh, that page, buddy. There you go. Yeah, so 38th in the net. And, of course, they uh, the current NCAA cutoff is at 48. Now, let's let's put that into perspective. That is the net bracket on bracketologist.com. That would yes. be the entire bracket as if they used solely net. Yes. Solely so net. That it, I'm just putting that into perspective, right? They're they're firmly up there, but if you suffer a bad loss, you might fall closer towards that. Ideally, make it to the Conference USA final, and then you're safe. Right. I, I truly think that if they win their next four games in the regular season, and they make it to the Conference USA final, maybe even semifinal, they'll be good. So you don't think that changes if, let's just say UAB gets upset before the Conference Tournament final, and they play a team like... You know, uh, either Louisiana Tech, Middle Tennessee, Western Kentucky, Florida Atlantic, who are all in the top 130 of net as of this conversation. You don't think that changes? I don't know. I mean, especially if they do face UAB, but yeah, I, I mean, I mean, that, that's, it, it is, a, it is, a, it, it is an interesting conversation to have because obviously, if they face any of those four teams, you are staring down the potential for that to also be. A quad three game, depending on where these teams end up. Now I now. And here here's an interesting thing, Nick, because given their uh, 
the divisions in their conference, which oh, as we always divisions. say is oh my boo. God. boo. If UAB ends up as the three seed in their division, they will be on the same side of the bracket as North Texas, if Woo! I recall. And I mean, then if you face them in the semis, I mean, I think that's best case scenario for North Texas. Low, yeah. low key, best case. Now they would need UAB to lose, and they would also need Louisiana Tech to win some. And of course, who does Louisiana Tech have on their schedule? North Texas. Right. So it's probably not going to happen. Uh, Louisiana Tech also has UAB. So I mean, that could be a massive game. And let's put at the, the division race into perspective before we go any further. Let's put this division race into this perspective a little bit. North Texas has built what is it, a three-game cushion. Yeah. And then UAB and Louisiana Tech are neck and neck. And UTEP is right there again behind both of them. It's fa- It's it's fascinating. The, it it the, is. These divisions, obviously, they suck. But they do. Uh, they, it makes our lives that much more complicated. That that's what you're looking at. The three seed would be on the same side. Uh, would the four seed? It would be the four seed in the other division. Would be what you're looking at in your first round matchup. So Charlotte, I think. I think. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's still a pretty tight race there too within the. Within the East, but you're looking at a team like, uh, you know, Charlotte, Florida Atlantic. No, I mean, Charlotte's probably going to be that four seed. So Charlotte is who you're looking at probably as your first round matchup. Yeah, and that's going to be, uh, that's going to be so fascinating and to see where, where that ends up. Charlotte has put up some decent fights this year with some solid teams. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, this is another one of those situations to where, I mean, you just never know what's going to end up happening. Because, uh, I mean, we talk about potential bid stealing tournaments. I mean, we, we probably didn't think a few weeks ago that it would be Conference USA, but lo and behold, I mean, this is a conference that has produced quality teams in the past several years. North Texas beat a very solid Purdue team last year, which we are exactly. seeing is thriving this year. Yeah. So they can absolutely do it. Yeah, and it's just going to be a, such a fascinating race within Conference USA uh, just to really see if North Texas can, in fact, win out yep. in Marshall, the regular season. Marshall in 2018, they knocked off Wichita State. I remember being there when they got absolutely ran by West Virginia, but uh, that happened. Uh, Middle Tennessee in 16 and 17 won games. So uh, very common to see these teams from the Conference USA come out and win because they, they, they play a decent schedule. Like, obviously, we've mentioned some of these teams. They're not bad by any stretch of the imagination. They're not good teams, but they get battle-tested throughout the year because they're facing decent competition. Right. So that, that's what we're seeing. Uh, the uh, out of the last four teams, the last doing math here again, uh, last year, upset win, 19, no, 18, yes, 17. So four of the last five Conference USA representatives have won a game in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and that's going to be, uh, and, and you know, Conference USA, I mean, they're going to get really make a massive makeover in the next few years. And so whatever opportunity they can get. Five out of the last six, UAB last in six. 2015. Uh, let me so it's just been a dangerous conference in recent years, whoever comes out of it. Yeah, and so it's five out of the last six because Tulsa in 2014 did not. Yeah, so you just never know where this is going to come out of. And, you know, conversations like that are going to be so fascinating to have over the next several weeks. But that will conclude this week's Bonanza After Party. As a reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at College Bonanza for all kinds of fantastic content. And then, I mean, this next month is going to be filled with that kind of thing. And, of course, listen on Sunday night, 7 o'clock Arizona time, evening on Blaze Radio, blazeradioonline.com for our next full episode of the show. And, of course, if you want to listen to anything else, you can do that on your preferred podcast platform right now. 
Dom next year on Nicholas Todell. Have a very good rest of your week, everyone.